Today on episode 71 of the Home of Play podcast, Netflix is looking at throwing their hat into the gaming market, Atlas is teasing multiple Persona projects in the works, and Phil Spencer bows down to the DualSense controller. Just kidding. All that and more. Yes, we actually have more this week. Let's get some intro. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 71 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you all the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, and reviews. And that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steve, and with me, I'm joined by the King of Platinum Trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you don't need here because of this. That allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy at your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by telling friends, families, and neighbors about the podcast and that they can find us in all your favorite podcast services choice such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, it's all because your lovely gaming homies helping us spread the cost through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, complaints, guess what? We want to hear from you. Please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com. And then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss all the delays that were announced this week. That's right. Instead of homework, I'm just going to label it Delay Town. Uh, on today's episode, we have six news articles to discuss. But first, as always, let us begin with what we've not been up to this last week, because uh, I have a feeling this is going to be quite short this week. Uh, Chris, what have you not been doing this week? Uh, you are correct. Uh, I haven't been doing too much. I've been playing some older games. Um, I don't know why I was bored, and I was kind of watching TV and had my other TV on. Uh, so I was playing some Super Nintendo, uh, playing some classic Earthbound, which is one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. Uh, I'm already like 66% of the way through. Um, I don't know. I have fun with it. It's always good. Good time. Uh, PC wise, I haven't played too much. Uh, played a little bit of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds uh, or PUBG for those that don't know. <laughs> Um, been some playing some old turn-based style games, uh, Heroes of Might and Magic, a couple different versions of them. Uh, not a lot of time into those, but I'm l- hoping to get back into them because they were just they were good strategy games that I liked. Not strategy like StarCraft style or anything like that, but it was good. Uh, other than that, on console, I know we got some more Demon Souls in. I think we actually flew through. I don't know how many more. We finished three of the five arch stones we're at the last boss i think in the one arch stone and the fifth arch stone we haven't started yet if i'm crawling correctly yeah it it will be a quick one though yeah so looking forward to getting into that one a little bit more i've been tracking my trophy progress which hasn't been great (laughs) i've been missing a couple of the boss specific ones but whatever i can definitely see myself playing that one more than once for sure i think i've already got like three games on the go right now so uh i think one of them i'll probably scuff it and delete it but uh other than that i have full intentions of getting back into mass effect 2 i just kind of been on hold on that one right now so uh and a fun note because we like to make fun of it uh i was really bored on wednesday uh, and I still have Xbox Game Pass when I because I was going to try the Dark Alliance game. We won't go there. They had a big patch apparently, 
Apparently they fixed lots of issues, but I think there's still tons. Um, but I was really bored on Wednesday and download Sea of Thieves. <laughs> make a face, Steve. Make a face. Uh, I was bored. Uh, they were playing it and I'm like, I'll just jump in just because I didn't feel like playing anything by myself. So um, it was fun. Actually, we did a little bit of PvP stuff and I actually did okay for once, which was actually made it even a little bit more exciting because normally when I did get into PvP, I don't know why, but I get annihilated every time. It's probably because people have been playing it for so long. So, yeah, otherwise, that's pretty much been my week in a nutshell. So, how about yourself? Uh, I know you play Demon Souls. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I'm sure people are bored of hearing about it, but that was my week again. I didn't get, like, tons of time this week. There was a you know, I finally got my razor back uh, from the shop, so I spent a lot of quality time with that. Uh, went riding a little bit. So when I did have gaming time, it was definitely Demon Souls um, with you. And uh, it sounds like we might have more time to do such <laughs> this weekend, and we'll probably beat it. Honestly, we don't have a lot left. Um, and then it's if we decide to really punish ourselves and want to go into New Game Plus just to hate life. Uh, fun fact, though, I started a new character. Uh, just because I was bored. And uh, I have a real grudge against that first uh, Vanguard demon. Uh, so I finally managed to beat him. Uh, I, I cheesed it a little in the sense that uh, I picked a character with a <laughs> with a long uh, polearm. And I was like, I'm taking you down. I knew it's just like the right weapon for him. It does enough damage, but it's quicker as well. So it's not like you're slugging a slower sword, but it's still doing pretty good damage. So didn't honestly take me that long. And in doing so, I the reason I wanted it so bad is after you beat them, you, it actually, you can go to this next secret area and it, they have, it's not even a big deal, but it's like the original helmet that they didn't technically bring back. that people are kind of sad about, well, you can grab it if you beat the Vanguard demon and have this like, kind of easter egg helmet and otherwise it's just grass items and stuff like that then you walk to the end of the hallway and that uh dragon god just <laughs> kills you instantly anyway so it's like well guess what you still died anyway congrats but it just was like a self-achievement where i'm like hey i got better than th at this you know yeah uh but yeah other than that demon souls i live it i breathe it i want elden ring um i guess we should do a a quick elden ring countdown uh, see how many more days I have. And, uh, it looks like we have a hundred and eighty-eight days <laughs> left. <laughs> so anyway, that's all we've been doing this week. Uh, not a lot, but you know, the releases are, uh, you know, not really trickling out right now. So, uh, everything's delayed and you'll find out that in homework, which like I said, we're just going to rename <laughs> delay time. Uh, so anyway, we got some pre-news discussion, just fun things that I, I didn't really feel like it needed to be a full article, but, uh, I figured, you know, we can have a discussion about it, you know, make some stuff here. So the first one, Chris, if you've heard about it, there's quite a few leaks about the Bloodborne. Uh, I've heard two names for it, but let's go with Hunter's Edition rumor. And, uh, yeah. What do you think about this? It sounds like, uh. We could be seeing a PS5 slash PC release for uh, an upscaled or, you know, I don't want to even use remastered, but let's just call it re-release of Bloodborne. And uh, maybe we'll finally get our 60 frames per freaking second. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll actually finish it. Yeah? Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. 
it's one of those ones that I keep getting into. And at some point I hit a, a wall, not in the game. It's just a mental wall where it's like, I feel like doing something else. And then by the time yeah. I go back to it, I don't remember what the frick I was doing. So then I start a new game and get a little bit further than I got that time <laughs> and then hit a wall. So it's like, I don't know, maybe on the next console, I'll actually uh, take crack at it. Yeah. Especially 60 frames per second. Even I would go back. Like I, I do like Bloodborne. I beat it. Um, I've played with, I think, Curtis, I, we played a little bit together, but primarily I beat that game by myself. And mm. uh, it's a different kind of game. It spoke to me. Uh, you know, it's very similar to Dark Souls and stuff like that, but different in the sense that, like, I do feel the builds were lesser than, like, you didn't have as much options, in my opinion. Um, they all primarily were the same. Like, you know, you're not, I think there was only one shield in the game, and it was almost more of an Easter egg than an actual item you'd want to use. Uh, so, but the game's just, it's a lot faster. It felt like to me, like if you said you had to play Bloodborne or Sekiro, I'd pick Bloodborne every time it feels, you know, it feels good. I like the speed thing. Uh, yeah. My only issue would just be, I aesthetically, it's not as pleasing as dark souls to me, but, uh, it's damn close. Still a damn fine ass game. Uh, I'd recommend anyone that was even thinking, I do think it's a little easier in my opinion than the souls games. Um, not by a lot, like you're still going to die. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to make that bold claim, but if this is true, uh, yeah, I'd be very, uh, interested. And I think Curtis would be super thrilled to see it go on PC. Honestly, you know, let's see if they give it ultra wide monitor support just for Curtis. No, no, no. It's cheating. I actually, I could honestly not see them doing that intentionally because to like, if they narrow your vision right more yeah. chance for you to get ganked so i think i had to them. patch my dark souls 3 with something to get it to go to widescreen if i recall so all ultra widescreen oh, okay. it's doable but i don't think i got banned for that it was when i got hacked oh no it was definitely that guy yeah. that was messing with you yeah he got me hacked and then banned and then uh we also got <laughs> i think this one uh interests you quite a bit it was funny to hear your Initial thoughts, but Hideo Kojima doesn't like the director's cut title for Death Stranding on PS5. Yeah, my my opinion is like he literally is just being nitpicky about the name director's cut. It's like, well, that doesn't define what a final project is. Like that means there's more to the story when everything's in the original one. I don't know, whatever. He's overanalyzing it. I think maybe maybe this is just the news blowing it up more than it is. Or maybe, Honestly, I do think it's yeah. A, uh, so it's like whatever. It does sound like they add a fair amount of content, and it, it sounds like they are adding more story to it. So obviously, mm -hmm. there is more to be told. So well, and it's honestly, it's a tweet, so it's hard to get you know a person's really feeling like feelings on what they're saying. You can't get yeah. the emotion out of the text, right? Um, it's the same reason every time I text you, you think I'm aggressive, but I'm not, I'm not going to hit you. I promise, <laughs> baby. Don't, 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 don't flinch. Um, so anyway, yeah, like the tweet goes on and a, he, you know, it's a two parter, but he's like a director's cut in a movie is an additional edit to a shortened version that was either released reluctantly because the director did not have the right to edit it or because the running time had to be shortened. Uh, his second post, uh, was in the game. It is not what was cut, but what was additionally produced that was included. Directors plus, so in my, question mark, sorry. Uh, so in my opinion, I don't like to call directors cut. Yeah. Well, that doesn't even sound like he's really that upset. He's just like, oh, you know, I would have rather thought yeah. it had been more fun to call it this. And then some of the news 
uh, outlets just kind of took that for a walk, Ran I'd say. It, yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I don't think he's really that upset. I just think he, I, he does have a good point, too. And I, I, I do understand what he's saying. I just think this is more a move as Sony is like, okay, we need a new brand in terms of like what we're calling these next editions of games, right? Because yeah. let's face it. I mean, I feel like everyone said at this point, Game of the Year edition is just the stupidest thing ever. Like at some point it had a purpose. It had a reason because those games actually won Game of the Year. But then at some point, magically, these games that did not win Game of the Year by any like reasonable uh, gaming site uh, it just were like, yeah, sure, we're Game of the Year too. <laughs> it's yeah. like, so in 2019, we had 17 Game of the Years. Like, it made absolutely no sense. Well, it's like, um, it's like for- movies in the movie theaters. It's like number one box office hit. It's like yeah. every week is the next number one box box office hit. It drives me nuts. Well, and then like you know, we already had greatest hits, but that you know now that's kind of been. It just it means like here's a great game that's cheap now. So I don't yeah. you're not going to want to put that on there. So it's just them making new branding. Is it a little stupid when you you know Kojima points out those facts? Yeah. Um, but you know, it doesn't bother me either. Like I'm going to get ghost of Tsushima's director's cut. Okay, fine. Like, I know it's not what it implies in movies, but eh. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, I think my only response is eh. well, both of them seem uh, to be adding more content to the game. So yeah. a movie adds more content to the movie. I don't know. It just adds, more. it's a deluxe edition that they just want to have a fancier yeah. name for. Yep. So it's, yeah, it's fan. It's fine. Uh, and then we go on to some other fun news. Uh, we also found out this week that uh, the NPD software top 20 list dropped for June 2021. Uh, and we got quite a list. Uh, and the good news is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is number one. Yay. So that did good. And then, you know, the traditional follow Call of Duty. Nobody's surprised by uh, I am still interested to see that uh, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales is still number nine. That's pretty uh, good, good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, and then, you know, let's be a little more PlayStation centric, uh, but the best PS5, PS4 software for June, 2021, starting with number one, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Number two, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War. Number three, MLB, the show, Chris. Uh, crazy. Cause you know, they're going to lose all those sales to game pass. Uh, number four, Marvel, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Number five, Resident Evil Village. Uh, number six, Scarlet Nexus. Number seven, Xbox's own Minecraft. Uh, uh, number eight, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number nine, Ghost of Tsushima. And number 10, Fallen Fantasy VII Remake. Not so surprising with the recent re-release of uh, the... Intergrade. Upgraded, yeah, Intergrade and that DLC, uh, Yuffie's DLC. I forget what they called that one. We got another one, Chris. Uh, EA Play is coming out real soon. And we're I heard hopefully about Hopefully going to see that Dead Space uh real soon probably just a teaser but i'll take anything yeah uh <laughs> but on top of that they're uh they came out in front of a, a very angry wave that's probably soon approaching them and they said that they're not planning to reveal any new star wars games chris yeah until 2022 how does that strike you uh i could see people getting upset about it me personally i i Star Wars games, there's usually like, in my opinion, there's like one good one for every like four or five bad ones, and that might even be generous. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, they're going back to the shop and really figuring out what they need to do with that franchise. 
I agree with you. I think, honestly, reading into this, we got to understand that EA lost its exclusivity deal with Disney because of the poor handling of the property. Um, so now we know that like Ubisoft's got a Star Wars game. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the other one that's doing a KOTOR possibly remake yeah. slash reimagining. Um, so really, what do they have? They have Respawn's Fallen Order, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and yeah, it seems a little soon for a sequel. Uh, and maybe they just want to r- reveal it closer to launch. So, you know, that could be another possibility. So I'm not too upset. I mean, yeah, would I have hoped to see something Star Wars related? Because I'm a little kid in heart, sure. But this doesn't totally... Sur- when it's spelled out for me, it doesn't totally surprise me either. Well, you know, EA's struggling. They're not making enough money. So it's like they really got to make sure they make the right decisions. Now that you said that too, I, I forgot to put it in the news, but uh, we can also go into, uh, I, I think you'd be somewhat interested in this. So you remember our conversations, and maybe this is me patting myself on the back uh, because I like to be right, but remember when me and Curtis would fight all the time because he's PC boy and he's always like, PC is the best, yeah. resolution, blah, blah, it's always the best. Yeah. And I told him that these next consoles, because of the leap they're taking and that they're, you know, every... PS5 has this kind of hard drive, it's going to change the game. And I said, if developers go out of their way to really take advantage of this new hardware and that the fact that they know every one of these consoles can do what they're developing for, that I think I I said we could finally get our closest chance of these consoles being comparable, if not better, than PC because PC always has to be held back by the lowest common denominator. Right. What do we find out from EA this year? Steam and PC users are going to get the last gen version of FIFA this year and only the next gen consoles are getting an actual new FIFA because there's a system that they program that apparently has to do real time algorithms in animating players and so on like that. But it's going to be doing this all in real time. And uh, if you have a PC with an older hard like a hard drive, it just can't do it. And so now we finally hit that wall. I talked about with Curtis and I'm like, I'm very interested to talk to him more about it. But I'm also in- interested in you because you are a PC gamer as well. More hardcore than me, I would say. Oh, yeah, for sure. More definitely more than you are, for sure. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think I was with you on that one. Like, I, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I hopefully I didn't no, say no, it in no, a way no, that I'm like, no. screw you. Chris. No, 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 I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I that's it's cool. Although it's like for them leading with fifa in my mind is like whoop-de-doo i mean I, like yes there's so many other things that fifa needs like they're, they're doing the fifa legacy edition edition for the sw- switch again which is like yes so <laughs> like garbage. how many years in a row like people might are be like literally paying for updated stats at this point for the last like five years like there's no new like evolution that's made the thing and I'm not talking about FIFA. I'm talking about all of them. Like they, they've really dropped the ball with how like, and if people want to argue with me about it, look at the money they make. Look how much money they make off these freaking games. And it's like, they barely put the, like the lowest possible effing effort into these things. And it's like, I would love to see like an amazing sports game really like change the, like the game. You know what I mean? Really like make it interesting try to get other people into it who aren't maybe as interested in sports, but like just maybe different game modes, but like, I don't know. It's just the amount of money they make off these things is redonkulous. 
and they just none of it goes back into the game where it's like come on like support the people that are giving you these this money like it's i don't know it just pisses me off oh no i get it like i mean i do feel like they're a little better now that they've ever been in the sense that like we're getting games like it takes two that mean you semi enjoy um you know they're taking more risks and you know letting respawn do a star wars game getting back to single player games we talked about uh the dice la finally getting like their own name and they're going to get to make their own game i think we talked about that just like a week or two ago so like they are making different moves and they're probably using that dirty fifa money (laughs) uh, to do that but you're right like they take a lot from people i don't love the idea of child gambling which is what i think a lot of their sports games uh do uh and you know i i get uh, there's some people listening to this that may not see it as gambling but i i definitely do i think overwatch's loot box system is gambling i think all that stuff is just to entice you to spend more money uh, to get zero reward, just like a casino. I would be so, happy, and I, I think we've talked about this before. I'd be happy if those systems systems were in those games, but don't add an option where I can spend $20 to get a bullshit currency to open packages and loot boxes. If you make mm. it so that it's built into the game where you randomly get certain cosmetics, yes. and eventually, like if you play the game enough, you'll unlock everything. Hey, like old games in the day, like how you have like 100 characters to unlock in some games or different costumes for all your characters or all the cheat codes to unlock all those. Have you yeah. have, yeah, actually earn it? Because I, I don't and know. Even that painful. you got to be careful on, right? Because I always talk about Mortal Kombat 11, yeah. where it is kind of like what you're saying, but they intentionally make that grind so long that you're persuaded almost like an Ubisoft yeah. to then just pay for the microtransactions. Yeah, if it's going to take you 30 years or 255 years or 7,000 years to get everything unlocked. Wasn't you, that Battlefront 2 as well? Like, to Yeah, get somebody Vader, did the math somebody on said, some yeah, of the, it was, It's more than one game for sure where they did the math and it was like it would literally take me playing like this many hours of my life, which would be the whole life in a couple lives <laughs> to unlock everything. Well, then you got a problem there. You should be able to unlock everything I don't know. It depends on the game. It's hard to say. I mean, some you could it's do a, a Call of Duty. Case, you know the yeah. lifespan of a Call of Duty. Uh, you can keep adding stuff into it for free or a season pass. I don't mind season passes either if they're like relatively beneficial. But if like and I do think, I was just gonna say there's an argument to be made too. Like if you have a free to play like Warzone, yeah, then it's like okay, like yes, have microtransactions because you're not charging me for the game. Yeah. So if I want to stay in this ecosystem, yeah, maybe I got to pay to support that there's these servers and these options and the new content. I'm more in line with that. But yeah, when you have a FIFA game that you already paid a full price for, and then not to mention all the other bullshit things, they also announced if you want the next, the free next gen, well, free, sorry, let's scratch that. The next gen, like, update, like, or not update. What the hell do we call it when you like get yeah, the next gen upgrade? Okay, I don't know why it sounds yeah. alien when it comes <laughs> yeah. out of my mouth. But yeah, when we're talking about the next gen upgrade for FIFA, apparently you also have to buy like a freaking 90 to $100 ultimate pack. Oh, yeah, or that, the hell don't get called. me started on that one too. It's, and it's just like, why? Like, it, v, FIFA, I would say specifically, always seems to be the most egregious in, yeah. in terms of just shaking everyone's like basically by their ankles until all the money falls. One thing I would even throw back on you too, the free games like the Warzone and whatnot, I in yeah. my opinion, like they should make it where if I want that particular cosmetic, I'll pay for that particular cosmetic. Don't make don't like Fortnite take the gambling does, right? and the random yes. chance out of it. 
keep random chance in it when it's like I'm getting, for, uh, you know, I earn a package or a crate, and then you get a random item that is possibly available. That's fine, but don't. If I want to purchase a specific cool gun that's on fire and shoots lasers, make me give me the option to pay for it because I think yeah. more people would be willing to do that. I think more people would be willing to do that, but the companies don't want that because they want to make you gamble essentially for it. So, oh, for sure. Uh, and then uh, I think we'll move on. There's a little bit about a Gran Turismo 7 beta, uh, but I think we're running a little long in the tooth and I have to uh, keep a certain amount of time for one of these things that I think me and you will have a lot to talk about. So anyway, just very quickly, Gran Turismo 7 or Turismo, I think I always pronounce it wrong. Uh, <laughs> there's apparently supposedly a rumored beta. There was some beta codes that seem to be fake, but could be like alluding to something more out there. So if you're a racing car fan, if you're a Turismo fan, uh, just look, you know, in the peripherals. Keep your eyes and, uh, Yeah, and hopefully there might be something for you soon. But the big one, the last one of what I like to call the pre-news discussion uh, that I think me and Chris will have a lot to say and also bring on Curtis. You'll see me probably splice that in somewhere in the show because I really wanted his thoughts on this as well. But uh, the big one, I think this week, probably bigger than any of our news, is Valve has revealed its Switch-style handheld gaming PC, uh, what they're calling the Steam Deck. Uh, Chris, I will let you start because I think you're going to be the most optimistic. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, so you and I, we're both not mobile gamers we don't play games on the go for the most part so right away i know our interest is pretty low i probably on this thing uh yes. i know the price is definitely scaring some people away i think the price to be honest makes sense to me because essentially what you people are buying are handheld computers with relatively i think pretty much brand new amd technology from what i understand so i i, I to me the price i think People are saying it's high, but to me, makes sense. Uh, I'm not sure how much effort was put into the the Steam OS that's on it. Uh, they didn't really go into too much about that off the top of my head, anyway. Uh, but I'm sure it'll work pr probably pretty good. It'll probably be like a combination of that big picture mode that Steam uses somehow. Um, I I think it'll be good. It looks like you can map all your keys on your controller or wall with it, I guess. The screen size looks actually decent, like a decent screen size. I think it's, I don't know the specs 100%, but I think it's bigger than the Switch. Do you know what I thought your head? they were comparable? Well, okay, bigger than the normal Switch, but I thought it was comparable. And I could be wrong, to but comparable to the OLED Switch. OLED, okay. So it, it's, it looks like a fairly decent screen size. Um, I don't know. To me, this looks good. And especially if you are able to access the Linux OS behind the system, then, I mean, you have access to Game Pass. You've access to emulators. You've access to non-Steam games. Will the functionality work perfect? I, who knows? I mean, it depends on if the game has controller support, I would think. If it's a game like, I don't know, StarCraft or something, it's probably hard to map it to a controller. So I don't know. But but then you got the touchpads that look pretty neat too. So Well, and you can plug it keyboard and mouse in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you can apparently you can plug in everything. Monitor, you can use it as a personal yep. computer if you really want to. I, I from what I hear, they literally said in an interview, you could wipe that and sucker clean yeah, and start put Windows fresh on it. As a Linux computer, yep. Windows, yeah. yeah, whatever you want. So uh, to me, the thing looks pretty good. I think the value, I think it is there. Am I going to get it day one? I don't know. Because like I said, you and I, we both 
I don't play mobile games, but I think this is probably the closest thing that would get me to play mobile games, I think. Uh, especially with some of the features they're talking about where like you can um, save your game and then jump on that and just it'll automatically go to the cloud, pull your save file and start going. I know there was other features. I remember somebody was talking about that. It w- won't be out, I don't think, on release date, but they're talking about like an actual like you could suspend the game on your computer, go onto the device and resume it on the device. I don't think that that hasn't been announced yet. I think they, they were talking about that, that that has a... That's something they're looking into, but that sounds cool to me. Um, I don't know. It just seems good like to be able to have access to all those games right there. Uh, I know I was trying to... I was talking with some of my buddies comparing it to the Switch, and uh, I'm, they're, they're mostly everybody that I know has been complaining because of the price. And I'm trying to, I guess, more explain, well, you're pretty much paying for a PC. It's pretty much like a, a laptop, but not you know a laptop. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm trying to compare it, and some people are like, "Well, but the Nintendo has the gameplay, the good gameplay from the games." And I'm like, "Okay, but this thing would have access to anything on Steam, anything on Game Pass. Who knows about PlayStation down the road? PlayStation Now, whatever they're doing." I'm like, "You're pretty much buying a PC computer that's mobile." So. I don't know. The thing looks good to me. This is probably the closest thing. Like I have a Vita. I had a PSP. I probably had less than like 50 hours on both of them, to be honest. And a couple of those hours would be watching movies when I was traveling. <laughs> like, so it's like, I don't know. I'm just not a mobile gamer, but to me, this is the closest thing that would get me to, to, to trying this. Uh, so anyway, like I talked about, uh, I want to talk to Curtis about this. So I dragged him from the bowels of the PC landscape to ask him a few questions about the Steam Deck. Curtis, what are your thoughts? You're all educated about it now. And uh, I'm very interested from the PC guy to see what your thoughts are about this machine. Well, what specifically do you want to know? Because there's there's many thoughts. <laughs> Okay, uh, I guess as the main PC guy, let's start with, uh, is this worth, worth the money? If I'm looking at a hardware standpoint and performance, no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but if you're looking at it in terms of like what kind of audience is it targeting, then it's better than a Switch. So yes, but again, let's, let's go back to the hardware point. You're paying I, how much? How much ridiculous amount of money is this thing? Yeah. It, in regards to like what this thing costs, I I can't see this being a viable option for people to want to play things because you're getting something that's only doing 720p in a world where PC gaming has been running 4K for how many years, and now your consoles are able to do 4K generally around 60 frames. And you're going to try to push something on a 7-inch screen doing 720p that might last me three hours. No, you can't. You can't tell me (laughs) you can't tell me this thing is going to be okay, at least for those for your average players. But especially now with people still being at home, do you need a handheld device like this? Like, yeah, I think that that's a good point. Like if we're talking about. You know, because there is the dock feature. Uh, th- I think that's where I come in. I'm like, I don't know. If you're telling me it's only a few more dollars to get a PS5. Uh, yeah, actually, now thinking about it, uh, a discless PS5 would be basically the same price point. 
and you're saying I can get, I think we talked about this, 90% more graphical power for spending almost no difference in money. Uh, I, it's just not a comparison. So you, you have to look at this thing. If you are thinking about buying it, it's almost like you have to think about it as you're definitely going to use this handheld because otherwise I, I couldn't understand how you justify the cost. And I remember we were looking at some, some video or an ad or, and they were almost advertising doing like a fighting game tournament while in like handheld mode. And like, you're actually going to try to sit two people down to play a fighting game on your two different, you know, controllers because it, <laughs> because it has the ability to use a mouse, a keyboard, a joystick, whatever. Like that's, that's great that you can even uninstall the Steam OS, but again there's so many other platforms for you to use this so many other pieces of hardware where where does this sit it doesn't make no it doesn't make sense to me like i can't justify spending 650 dollars on a 512 gig yes it's an nvme but even there the hardware the hardware doesn't you can't even play a game on a computer with an NVMe drive in Siri, a performance increase. So why would you put something that expensive into a little device like this? Like at least the PS5 had a custom, I believe it was a custom SSD, right? Oh uh, yeah, if at the time. Yeah. Everything about it was custom. But I don't see how that is going to help this unless they do the same thing where it actually does tie in and your CPU can access everything instantly like it does in the ps5 but i want to say no because i don't see any fancy info about that all i'm seeing is a powerful custom apu that uh is probably very similar to what you can get in a ps5 or an xbox but that's not going to help it with only 1.6 teraflops of graphical power like sure you can do your 1080ps and that's about it but who does that speak to well, and even that 1080p at that little bit, like tiny bit of teraflopage, uh, I mean, you're that's not going to be at 60 frames per second. <laughs> you know, we learned that lesson with the PS4. It could barely do, you know, it. The PS4 technically was more powerful, uh, minus the RAM. Um, and yeah, that couldn't run 1060. You know, sorry, 1080p at 60 frames per second. And this thing is only supposed to do 720. So I get that the screen is small. You mm -hmm. you really don't need anything more than 720p on a screen that People small. People say that, but like I've talked to Chris about this, and I'm like, but there's such a thing as 4K textures. Like it will make your game look better if you don't have those textures. Your game is going to look, you know, it, it's like playing Fallen Fantasy VII Remake before the PS5 upgrade. There is a difference, and I do think you're right. Like a smaller screen, it's less noticeable. But it is noticeable, and you are going to feel like you're playing, you know, a PS4 version versus a PS5 version. But that's something to do in the game itself. You can set a game to run at 720p and still have it with 4K textures. Like, do you remember the game Rage? It was many, many years back. Yes. That game was, I remember they made such a big deal about the texture quality because you could basically set it to run at like 16K on the textures. And... All it did is, yeah, it made it better. It didn't mean that the resolution of the game had to be increased for you to see that, though. So it's the same mentality that from that. But also, even your phone. I know mine, I can set it to like 
1440p. And yes, you can see a difference. But is it really necessary? I understand it's probably from a power perspective, seeing as it's got a very... I don't know if it's a big battery for that kind of unit. I haven't compared it to like a Switch or anything, but most laptops might have something similar. But if you're trying to run a game at, yeah, 60 frames, it's probably only going to last you a few hours. Yeah. So it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Unless you're one of those people who just wants to go out and play Pokemon Go on it. Like, it's a better device than your phone, probably. <laughs> but actually, no, honestly, not even live phones are better than this, I think. A phone oh, and I'm just is amazing. Yeah, I, I just see this as, like, if you're really into indie games and you have a lot of public transportation, I would still just look at this and be like, then get a Switch. You're going to get games that are customized and personalized to be a handheld game. And a lot of you those know, games it's are going to be programmed. There. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing I was thinking about. Even in the demos, you see them playing Hades. And I'm like, well, Hades came to the Switch right after. You know, it came to the Switch before these other, like, main consoles. So, you know, if you're into indies, you're going to find most of them on Switch anyway. That's where they're making a lot of their money. They have a huge market share in indies. I see that this thing is uh, supposed to have some sort of ray tracing capabilities. I thought I saw it somewhere. But you're going to try to tell me that you could play Control or Cyberpunk on this thing and it'd be able to run? Oh, definitely Cyberpunk. I think you you hit it on the head. Like, there's no way even de-res to, like, 720p. Like, that is going to kill this thing. I, I have no doubts on that. Better keep this thing on, like, liquid cooling or something. Liquid nitrogen oh, you might or something. Just put yeah. it in a cooler. <laughs> like, just, just dump <laughs> ice in a cooler, drop this thing in, and hope for the best because... I yeah, I just don't see this being future proofed at all. I think the other conversation I didn't really have with Chris because uh, I kept forgetting is you know I think me and you brought this up before. There's a future in streaming uh, X Cloud. I do think that's the avenue they're looking towards. Uh, you still have Stadia, which you know although I don't feel like there's going to be a future for that either. Uh, they're still somewhat supporting right. So you know I don't think we have the the internet infrastructure out there currently. But at some point in the future, like, is this just going to be kind of like nonsensical? Like, why would you buy this if you could just pull out your phone, connected Bluetooth with your Xbox, PlayStation controller, whatever you want, and then you're playing your games anyway? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. <laughs> and then streaming your games on your phone, you'll still have a better resolution than this. <laughs> so it's you know i don't know again i don't know if streaming's there i know depending on what market you're in location uh data caps and i think that's the only thing holding streaming back right now honestly uh but like i said if infrastructure changes if the way internet is sold and distributed changes uh i just think internet could eat this thing's lunch and everyone's going to sit there with this new i what is it 450 dollar coaster you know yeah. I, I do, though, feel, and I probably should have said it more toward the start, that it's kind of a disclaimer because I'm so biased with my hardware on my computer that, like, anything to me is just futile, like, not futile, but just not, it doesn't compare. So that's kind of my bias is that I'm so used to playing stuff on, yeah, such a, a high-performing system, and even looking at the consoles nowadays, like, if... If you're someone who wants something handheld or you don't play things at home, then it might be okay. But 
I just it just doesn't make sense who's this who is this supposed to appeal to? Let's let's learn how to English first. Well, and, and that's like you bring that up. I think we're, like we're kind of going full circle, but it's just who is it for? And like one of their selling points they keep bringing up is you get your full Steam uh, library available on this day one, which then to me says, okay, you're talking to Steam users, like people that are already in the PC ecosystem. But those people are probably, or at least some of them, maybe not most of them, but I would say a majority, I would think anyway, are aware of these specs, aware of how not powerful this is, and that they're not going to get the same experience. Like if you're a PC gamer, you're probably someone who cares about frames per second. You're someone who cares about resolution and fidelities and textures and all the fun stuff, the ray tracing, uh, all that stuff. Then, you know, if you invest in that ecosystem, like what about this turns you on other than the fact that, okay, yeah, when you walk away from your you know, your room that you've dedicated to this PC gaming center uh, that you can carry on and use the Steam cloud to, you know, keep playing control, which mean you talked about, we saw a video and it looked like he was having a, a heck of a time even trying to run on their demo unit. And well, let's face it, demo unit is a, a, a nice term I'm using because this thing's coming out in five months. So I doubt there's going to be that many more changes coming. Uh, so yeah, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted. That, and that's why I want to have you because I am not the PC guy. So it's one thing for me to sit here and be like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And, you know, I think a normal person who listens will be like, well, yeah, Steve, you play PS5 games religiously, PS4 games, all that stuff. Uh, I do play PC games, uh, not as much as Chris or you by far in any stretch of the imagination. But I, I do know specs, right? Like I've built PCs. I, I'm not as knowledgeable as you, but I, I'd be that like that lower tier from you. But I'm still there. Like. You know, there enough that when I first saw this thing, I just had a bad feeling. And that's why I wanted to, you know, talk to you about it. And yeah, let's see what Curtis says. Because when, you know, I'm somewhat there, I know what teraflops are. I can compare teraflop to teraflop. But at the same point, when they use terminology like, well, you know, it's got eight thread like CPU. I don't know what eight threads means. Like, is are they sewing me a sweater? <laughs> I don't know. And that's yeah. why I like talking to you. And I'm like, Curtis, what do you have? Well, I have 24 <laughs> threads and eight threads can suck it. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sitting on uh, on PC Gamer's site right now looking at their expectations. And there's there's a little quote off to the side here. And this basically is like bottom line sums it up. If you're happy to run your games on low to medium settings at 720p to hit 30 to 60 frames, then the deck should deliver. That That basically sums up what it is. And that's... That's where it's and, and that make speaks sense. to me as like, yeah, where like what PC player are you talking to? Yeah, if you have a massive Steam library with all these games, you're not looking for this. I yeah, actually, you know, after talking with you, I'm more uh confident than ever to say that like this must just be for the person who has tons of public transportation in his life. Uh, you know, he's using buses, trains, Ubers, whatever the fact. He's got a lot of free time. He's not really in the Nintendo ecosystem yet. So maybe it's tantalizing that it's like, okay, it's not going to be my big rig. It's not going to be these awesome resolutions and, you know, all that stuff. But I can at least still play Hades and progress in that game while transport, like, you know, getting somewhere. Uh, okay, fine. But even then, that's this just sounds like such a niche market, right? It's, to me, like, 
and I know we were talking about this earlier as well, and I'm, I don't want to keep dragging this on, but just more and more keeps coming up, is that I kind of feel that this was just a uh, a poor rebuttal to Nintendo's announcement for their uh, Switch OLED version, because everyone was like, oh, we're getting a Switch Pro. So I feel like <laughs> yeah. because they they probably have been working on this for a while, but I know when there was an interview and the guys, you're, you're asking a bunch of the, the guys about it and like, oh, so what's all involved here? Like, when's it coming out? Well, I don't know. How much is this going to cost for the dock here? I don't know. Like, it seemed like they just needed to get something out because the hype train for Nintendo has left. So now they're like, oh, let's, let's squeeze in there. Well, and you're not wrong. Their, their pre-order dates are only one day apart. Yeah. Like, it, it was crazy. When they announced this, it was OLED's pre-order started. And then the day after this uh, pre-order started. So I don't think you're completely wrong there. And it, like, they may have not fully committed the whole company to be like, yeah, we got to go this day. But it does seem a little rushed because what you're bringing up is, and if other people don't know yet, that this thing... They talk about a dock like the Switch would have, yeah. but when asked about it, they have no information on it. They don't know the price of it. They don't know when they can release it, when it's ready to be released, when they can even talk about it. So currently, your only option, if you do want to connect it to a monitor, your mouse, or your thing, you're going to have to buy a USB-C hub. And that's just an additional cost, not to mention, you know, we talked about hard drive a little bit. You know, the base model only comes with 64 gigs. That's not the NVMe uh, hard drive either that's the slower and so you're gonna have to get an sd card you're gonna have to buy the USB-C hub maybe the dock later when they do know more uh you're probably gonna want a battery pack i mean when you're all said and done taxes included like this thing's gonna be probably more towards 500 usd than not and that's for the very base model and when we get to those conversations then i'm just like i don't understand why and i'm not a nintendo person but i i would personally probably get the switch at that point it has all those indies anyway and it has games that are more customized to be on the switch itself and therefore it's going to run better if it's breath of the wild uh mario kart super smash brothers they're designed to run on a weaker you know system where this is going to be trying to play powerful games like you said cyberpunk 2077 pc version and people need to know there's a big difference between <laughs> the two versions and yes you can downscale all you want but that game still is going to be a monster and i would not doubt if cyberpunk 2077 trying to run on this thing it kills its battery it in an hour. i would not doubt that because if portal 2 in 30 to 60 frames per second kills it in two hours cyberpunk will kill this thing like I and you brought up too the NVMe like some of the issues there is they only have so much trans like transference of data right so at some point this thing could just be again a coaster again yeah so I I'm just you know I, yeah this is very I like I like this it, it intrigues me I like that people are pushing boundaries and trying different things I don't want a monopoly I don't want one winner maybe that's why they're coming out at all that like we talked about uh before we were recording the market share they see nintendo is dominating handheld no there's no other contender in the ring so maybe okay you want to throw your hat in it's just them throwing their hat in is just the, the part that confuses me because it's like hey guys like you're you're the pc market like i the most people i talk about that do pc gaming care about specs they care about those numbers so who are you trying to reach with this? Because it's definitely not me, and I'm not a PC gamer, so that made sense. But it also sounds like it's not you, Curtis, and you are a PC gamer. Well, it's like, I just don't know what other people's expectations are of this thing, but all the people who've pre-ordered, and I'm seeing it all over 
like Twitter feeds and everything. I just I think they're just gonna get burned because I don't I don't think they're expecting it to be what it is. You're, you're you're absolutely correct. You brought me back to a point I keep forgetting to bring up that people are referring to this thing like this Switch Pro, what they wanted the Switch Pro to be, and looking at the specs, you're not getting that. Uh, yes, you're getting more teraflops. We Switch is debatable. We can't label down. I know teraflops aren't anything. There's probably somebody listening to this that's super annoyed. Uh, but undocked, it sounds like the Switch only has uh, what was it like 400 or 500. Um, what was the the uh, units? Thank you. Uh, so yeah, so it's not even a teraflop, and this thing is one point six, so it's more than double uh, undocked and probably triple, and still less than a PS4 base, which is fine, I guess. It's handheld, right? It, it you don't want to carry a whole console in your hand, um, but it's still not. You know, Switch Pro people had this fake idea that it was ever going to be able to do 4k anything even if it's upscale which i was laughing because like clearly if even valve can't do <laughs> 4k on a handheld uh switch was never going to be able to and like why people thought switch would care about that like when has nintendo cared about graphics in the last like 20 years um but whatever uh yeah it's just it's so funny that i keep hearing this narrative that people are pushing that this is what the switch pro could have been and i'm like no, you are overselling this thing, and I really, truly think that it's bad because people are going to hear that and think, oh, I should get this then instead of the OLED Switch, and then they're going to be very disappointed when they're still playing a 720p machine. Yeah, it's just too bad that it can't play Switch games because then it literally would be that, but alas, you can't. Yeah, so yeah, that's my thing is like, I don't know. And then not to mention, they, they play games like Hades and Control, and I'm like, well, these are all games you can play on the Switch. Mind you, Control, you have to play uh, with that uh, streaming. Yeah. I forget how they do that. So I'm like, it's not apples to apples, but you know, you still have the opportunity to play the same games. Like, yeah, I, if anything, I would just say yeah, it's a tough one, because Steam has a crazy library, right? Like, But I would say Steam, much like a mobile space, they also have the opportunity to just be flooded with a lot of terrible games. Um, Switch as well, too. They get a lot of bad indies. But uh, I guess it's going to come down to people's preference, honestly. Like, if you want a handheld, but you don't care about Zelda, Mario, or any of that kind of stuff, then great. But then I would also ask, but how dedicated are you to your Steam library? And if you don't have one, are you going to really start now? No. My my final thought on this, because kind of going a little bit long in my opinion on this, is I hope that they have an ace up their sleeve because the fact that so many things are unannounced and even some of the demo models, like they can't get much info out of it. I'm hoping there's something that maybe they're not announcing yet that gives it that edge. That's That's basically the only thing I can hope at this point because I just, yeah, it's going to be... Everyone's getting burned, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree with you, but the same sense, I feel like they would have to use that trump card already. Yeah. Because uh, how else are you going to get pre-orders if you're not going to tell people what it's capable of, right? Yeah, that that's true. So yeah. that that would be my that's my takeaway. Like, I'm not saying I'm right. Like, maybe there is some nice secret sauce that they're holding back. But yeah, you're not going to get as many pre-orders if you're holding back right now. And you know, you're coming out with your first unit ever created by Valve that I'm aware of, other than the Steam Box, which really, really wasn't by them. And, uh, 
you know, my fear is that this becomes the next Steam box that basically even Valve doesn't want to touch. They outsource it. <laughs> Nobody else is making money from it. So it just dies. And then, you know, if this thing does fail, then, you know, people are going to start looking at Steam and or Valve and looking at it like it's almost another Google where it's like, okay, you can make these things, but you don't support them and then they're dead. So why do we pay attention anymore? Mm-hmm. But whatever you're right we've gone a little long i'll splice this into the show hope you guys enjoyed it and then uh i will kick it back to uh the steve in the past so enjoy that (laughs) and we'll say goodbye to curtis for a little longer okay so anyway we're just going to get into our six news articles starting with number one netflix eyes the gaming market this one comes from push square Netflix appears poised to enter the gaming arena after it announced earlier this week that it had hired ex-EA executive Mike Verdu, I hope I'm saying that right, to lead its expansion into the lucrative sector. While this could potentially be considered yet another headache for market leader PlayStation, it's possible the Japanese giant could also see an opportunity here. And if images data mined from the streaming services app are to be believed, a potential partnership could be afoot. According to data miner Steve Moser, uh, there are already video game references within Netflix's app source code, including a logo for a service called Endgame, which is super smart of them to use that right after Marvel's Endgame. Uh, I, I, when I read that, I was like, that's genius. As well as assets for a couple of unbranded DualSense controllers and Ghost of Tsushima's artwork. These could be leftovers from testing, but they've certainly fueled speculation. Sony, after all, is already in bed with Netflix, having signed a multi-year U.S. licensing agreement, which will see Sony Pictures entertainment movies like Uncharted come first to the streaming service following their theatrical and home entertainment release windows. Chris, are we going to see a huge powerhouse partner up? Maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, I could see it more with them, with Sony. Maybe this is the big news that Sony is going to announce that we're speculating is going to happen at some point <laughs> in august yes um is maybe a partnership with them and then they're going to combine the services drop the ps now crap and uh yeah that could be cool but then how does that work do they do they come make a playstation plus netflix membership pass or do they make a separate like i don't know how how do they charge for that type of thing is it going to be included in your netflix fees netflix fees or is it going to be like a separate games pass to your netflix pass i don't know i don't know how it's going to be another site i looked into i think they were saying that from what they could tell it sounds like netflix is thinking of not increasing the price initially uh, or making an additional cost, but that they might just, you know, once people get into yeah, it, $2 up you know, for everybody. Yes. Increase the overall subscription price. I'm curious like when they, they seem to love to do. Yeah. I'm curious when they did the last price increase, if they lost a lot of customers or not. I think it more, I think people like come and go to Netflix based on the content. I, I feel anyway, or they're lazy and they just let it re- auto renew. So yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see how they're going to work it. Maybe it'll be a big partnership. That would be pretty cool. That'd be a pretty big partnership. I think. I think that'd be a, a definitely a power. Couple. How do they make the controller work? Does Netflix, are they going to release actual hardware controllers or is it going to be somehow compatible with PlayStation controllers or is any type of Bluetooth device going to work? I, like I, I don't know. Is there going to be a box now that you have to hook up? Well, and like you said, like assets, uh, you know, we brought up in the article do say dual sense. So yeah, you're right. 
I think it does sound like if it was going to work, it's probably going to be with the DualSense controller in some fashion. Does that mean you have to have a Netflix app on your PlayStation already to be able to do some of this functionality? Yeah. Or is your smart uh, TV like, going to be able to connect to your PlayStation controller to do it through yeah. that? Yeah. I, I mean, it know. is a Bluetooth controller, and, you know, there are, like, even my Chromecast, right? It well, uses yeah, Bluetooth. no, I've hooked up my PlayStation 4 controller to my TV, and I got it working with the, the Steam app. So, I mean, it's probably possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's probable as hell. So, yeah, I guess we just have to wait, figure out how it's all going to fall down. But uh, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, the whole assets thing, it's more than nothing, that's for sure. It, it's not like these uh, rumors are just have no basis. I right? guess the big problem is, is they run into the whole Google problem of it where it's like, are they going to be, sh- you going to be streaming the game or are you going to be able to actually download the game and play it or like it? And that, yeah, that's an interesting one. Cause if we're talking smart TV, there's no way you're downloading exactly. a video game on a smart TV. Right. So I, uh, yeah, and don't, make, don't get me wrong. Maybe there's options. Maybe it's like, Oh, well, like we see you're using the app on a PS five. You can download to that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing that like, I don't know. There's the potential. world's their oyster there's right so now, much right? Potential, like, yeah. yeah, there's so much potential. You don't know which way they're gonna go. Uh I mean, and just like, yeah, the Sony Pictures thing too. I totally forgot about that deal that happened earlier. I think it was maybe late last year. Yeah, I can't I, remember honestly, when I first I forgot read about that. It too, yeah. yeah, so I'm just like, ooh, uh, what is it? Far from home Spider Man <laughs> gonna be on uh Netflix real good. Uh so anyway, we can move on from that speculation and go to number two, Chris. Even the head of Xbox likes the dual sense. This one comes from VGC. Xbox head Phil Spencer has complimented PlayStation's dual sense controller and suggested that it might inspire Microsoft to add features to its own controller. Microsoft stuck to a familiar design for its Xbox Series X and S pads, only making minor changes to its design and under the hood improvements. In comparison, Sony opted to totally redesign its controller with new features such as haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. In a recent interview, Spencer said that Xbox probably wouldn't release any major bespoke accessories such as VR headsets in the near future, but suggested that an updated controller was far more likely to happen. Uh, In quotes, when I think about our hardware roadmap, and I really love the evolution uh, of Liz Hamron's team and the work that they've done, he said, we're definitely thinking about different kinds of devices that can bring more games to more places. There's probably some work that we'll do on the controller. I think Sony's done a nice job with their controller, and we kind of look at some of that and think there are things that we should go do. But we're probably not in the same bespoke accessories place right now, he added. We just look at what happens on Windows and other places and see if there's a unique opportunity for us. Right now, I don't think there's anything that's obvious to me. In my opinion, yeah, it's a compliment. But to be honest, I still deep down, I feel like their console, they it feels like an afterthought to me still. Like, I, I just, I don't know what they're doing. They're just buying gaming companies and... Um, all about the Game Pass. I don't think they're giving up on console players per se, because I mean, gaming not, PCs and, like, are, not tomorrow. Yeah, but like we definitely know in the background they're working hard with XCloud. Yeah, and I feel like that's more the future they're going for. Which means I don't know. Like I don't know if you can get the quality out of XCloud on like your phone or a tablet or something. I don't know. Maybe you can. I haven't tested it. I know I have one buddy who's tested and said it was okay. So I, I've had I've heard other people too, but I've also heard some people that have tested it 
and tell me that they still prefer Stadia and then that's not them trying to sell me Stadia. (laughs) That's just them saying they had some smoother gameplay on games specifically. Like, I think it was Destiny 2. Oh, you know, one of the three games Stadia had. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. To me, it's like, yeah, they say they're interested in it, but I I don't feel like they're... This isn't in their purview of what they even want to do at this point. Like, I, I, I I I I don't think they are looking in this general direction at all. Oh, and I wonder if it's too late. Like, you already released the console. It comes with a base, uh, you know, a fairly basic controller, right? And they have a structure that they love to give you this base controller and then later be like, hey, but if you want this elite controller, you want these extra features. But I just don't think that's something, you know, why would a developer want to put extra time and effort into something that only a small percentage of people are going to buy? Like, let's say it's the Elite 6 controller and it has their version of DualSense. Well, as a developer, like what percentage of people are you making that for? And then are you going to be, you know, with PlayStation, you know, every PS5 owner is going to be using that controller. Yeah. It it, it gives you a little more incentive, I think, to really, uh, uh, you know, try to achieve something special. Like, I feel like, you know, me and you have talked about Astro's Bot. Um, we've talked about, well, maybe not Ratchet and Clank with you, but that game implemented well. Could, I've heard I tons imagine, of people... Yeah. Returnal, I've, I've heard a yeah, lot of yeah. people say Returnal is one of the best next Astrobot. Yeah, well, it kills the battery on the controller pretty quick <laughs> when everything's going at the same time. But yeah, That's I don't true. like to be honest. Sony's during like the the PlayStation Four, like the whole what was it eight years or whatever, however long it was out. Like they did upgrade their controller. I think when the Pro came out. But it wasn't one of those things where it's like Xbox has their elite controllers and then their regular controllers. It was just that the Sony ones was, this is now the new controller, right? It's like you buy this controller for your regular non-PS4 Pro, right? It's just the technology's evolved and they're just changing the standard where Xbox has a, you know, a different skew or whatever. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I, Xbox, if anybody's going to do it, I guess they would probably do it because in the past, like I said, they've... They've had multiple SKUs of different controllers and things going at the same time. So. Yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting. I just, yeah, like I said, I think it's going to be a hard sell if you come out now and try to be like, well, only if you buy this Elite. And then, yeah, like, I just don't know how you incentivize developers to really go for that then. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I'll take the compliment. Thank you, Phil Spencer. Yeah. Even though some of your quotes seem robotic to me, uh, I'll take it. And, uh, you know, the other one I'd like to underline is uh, we, we just look at what happens on Windows. And I'm like, all I ever see with them is like very PC-centric thinking, right? Yeah. It's always like, you know, that when they threw shade at Sony before and they're like, oh, I don't like, we don't like the way Sony does PC ports. And it's like, well, yeah, because you guys are owned by a freaking operating system. Yeah. Like, you guys are going to be PC-centric. Like, you have you know, that, that kind fluidity of se- to do those changes easily. Yes. I'm like, it, it seems like the most no shit moment in earth, like where you're like, oh, really? You're PC centric? <laughs> like, you, like you, you literally couldn't be more PC. <laughs> Phil Spencer might be just components, but together, you rearrange the letters, it spells Microsoft. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like, I am Tom Riddle. <laughs> He's putting the word. <laughs> it just says PC Microsoft. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, now that we've had our stupid nerd laugh, uh, let's go to number three. The Year of Persona, yeah. my favorite article of the day. This one comes from VGC. 
Atlas is teasing seven new announcements to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Persona series. The seven projects, which may not all be games, are listed as question marks on a new Persona's 25th anniversary website. According to the site, the first project will be revealed in September and the last project will be revealed in autumn 2022. Uh, I'm definitely predicting some kind of Persona 6 announcement on that last one. Dates are not, sorry, dates aren't given for the others. The statement on the site says that Atlas is preparing a number of surprises to celebrate the series 25th anniversary with players. In 2020, oh, this is in quotes. In 2021, the Persona series exceeded the cumulative worldwide sales of 15 million units. We would like to express our heartfelt gratitude and appreciation to all of those who have watched over and supported us over these years. It reads, in September, the Persona series will finally celebrate its 25th anniversary. To express our gratitude to y'all, we will be celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Persona series for one year from September 2021 to next fall in 2022. If I have to say anniversary of Persona one more time, mm. uh, we will be announcing various anniversary events such as 25th anniversary goods, various <laughs> events, collaborations, and of course, game information. We will be announcing a variety of special events in the near future. Please stay tuned. Last year, Sega singled out the PC version of Persona 4 Golden as one of the surprise successes of its Q1 financial results. The Steam release was specifically highlighted as a key success by the publisher, with sales of the PC version said to be significantly higher than expected. The title released for Steam in June was previously only available on PS Vita. Okay, that is a mouthful, Chris. If I have to say, again, 25th anniversary of Persona, uh, I'm going to probably cry. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Are you excited? I know you're a Persona boy because I made you one. Let's go. Yeah, definitely excited for... I mean, it says seven announcements. I think some of them are going to be smaller. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if like one of them is like a concert or something because they've done that in the past. Oh, they love their concerts, They love Chris. their concerts. So like, I, I fully suspect they could be as maybe significant as that probably this next sequel because i know we've been hearing rumors over the past many months of st stuff that them they're talking about the sequel um it could be as small as like new toys or something who knows um absolutely but yeah i mean i'm, I'm thinking you know, all the acquisitions that are happening and whatnot it's like come on it's like how opposed or maybe not opposed would you be to like sony like acquiring sega that would be interesting i just sony's you know like we talked about in previous weeks their acquisitions are very obvious before they happen mm -hmm. blue point house mark um insomniac like they're people they strictly work with you're right though like sega atlas they do allow personas to seem like the main ones seem to always stay on playstation those don't dilly dally. Mm -hmm. uh, the dancing games, the uh, scrambler, whatever that stuff is allowed to go elsewhere. So you know, when Sega's pretty big on the fighter style games too, right? Isn't Sega yeah, big I, in that market? And they're they've kind of been Sony with their acquisitions of their new tournament stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just playing with room. It'd be a great dream. Uh, I, do I see it as being a something that's going to be happening? like soon probably not um but you know going on with the you know speculating what these seven things are i i totally agree with you i echo everything you say it's probably going to be merch i i wouldn't doubt of lots of merch concerts but the ones that excite me is yes i do think the last one's going to be some kind of tease i don't think it's going to be a reveal i don't think they're that far in production but i do think it will be a tease of persona 6 
which will excite me. Um, and then even if just some of them are ports, like I really like we talked about this before the show, bring Persona 4 Golden or any Persona 4 and just bring it to the PS4. Like, yes, I know I can get the base version of that game on the PS3, but like, don't make me bring on my PS3. And why did you only bring it to PC? Like, I get maybe it was a test. You saw it's, it's a successful test. Bring it to the PS4 so I can play it on my PS5. I really want to play Persona 4. <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> and, and, you know, hopefully, and if we can just go into, like, my dreamscape, can you bring Persona 3 as well? I've heard good things about that. Maybe just bring all of them. Pour them all in one giant $1 billion collection, and I'll buy it. Just let me play more Persona. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But make sure the case says that 17 times, so I have to read it. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I'm excited. Who knows what these things could be, but, uh, all I can tell you is, uh, from September, 2021 to September, 2022, I'm going to be very excited, uh, for the next announcement. Mm-hmm. Me as well. You got me hooked. Hey, okay, Chris. Although I We're haven't played num- much of the scramble one. I think I got it and it was like, uh, maybe I'll wait for the PS5 version of this, but that might be a long time <laughs> the way Atlas does some of their upgrades and well, stuff. Well, it, so. it's not the same game, so I totally understand why you might not be as hot for it, right? It's yeah. not a base series Persona game, yeah. so it's... I don't... I played the dance one. <laughs> I got through that one. That's so. true. And I like usually Koei games, so... Uh, I think I was just waiting for the PS5. I got to a point where I was like, I plateaued and it was like, I'm just going for the PS five and play everything on there. So yeah, I can't blame you on that. Okay. Moving on to number four is square aiming for a tree quill. This one comes from IGN as the first mainline entry in the final fantasy series to get a sequel. It never seemed out of the realms of possibility that a third game in the final fantasy X storyline would eventually get made. It seems that's now one step closer to happening after Tetsuya Nomura revealed that a story for the potential sequel has been written, but it likely won't become a full game for a long time yet. The comments were made in an interview between Nomura Final Fantasy X director Modamu Toriyama and Japanese gaming magazine Famatsu were translated by RPG site. Nomura stated that if we were, if we are to, if we are to make 10-3, we somehow have a synopsis written by Final Fantasy X writer Nojima. <laughs> I want to say his first name. And that it's sleeping right now, but the plot itself does exist. That's a mouthful. Toriyama similarly expressed interest in returning to the world of Spira, uh, Spira, 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 but outlined the challenges that could impede the progress of any development on a sequel. He stated that the probability is not zero, but that we are not in a phase where we could talk about it unless we have finished producing Final Fantasy VII Remake, which will take another 12 years. That's just me oh, adding the 12 year. That's pardon. you being optimistic. Yeah, I know. I should, I should have been like more like 25 years. Given that the first game in the Final Fantasy VII Remake series that just focused on the Midgar portion of the game only launched last year, and we will likely see at least two more games. That's also optimistic <laughs> before <laughs> it's complete. Uh, we may be waiting a while for the team to get started on a potential FFX-3. Well, Woo! you're more of an FF10 guy. I know I finally got through it more recently, uh, but what is your excitement on this? I know I didn't really play X2. Uh, I ha- own it now, but I haven't really put any time into it. I've heard good things about it, but 
it's it's you know it was different x2 went a different place and it you know i i can't say too much because i don't remember too much i never loved it loved it like i did 10 uh i love fallen fantasy 10 uh which is weird because i remember being young when it first came out ps2 played it i hated it. i hated all the characters i'm like what is this this isn't Fallen Fantasy 8, it's not 7, it's not 9. I just didn't love the structure. A little more linear, you know, that's when they took away the open world. Like, they kind of brought it back with the ship at the end of the game. But it's like when people make that argument that uh, Fallen Fantasy 13, oh, no, it's it's open. You just got to play 75 hours and then, uh, you know, it's a totally different game. Have fun. Uh, so, like, kind of same thing. But, uh, yeah, X2, I can't really remember too much, but I, I don't think I loved it a lot. I just... I did like that there was a secret ending that if you 100%ed everything, uh, it was it seemed like a pretty good ending. So, I, you know, that made me happy. But yeah, I, I definitely want to see what X3 could bring. Uh, I want to see these characters come back. Uh, you know, Titus is the voice of Rashid, right? So, you know, we could still get that voice actor <laughs> he's back. He's on call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's available. So I just want to get back in that world my only fear is i'm not i haven't been loving the new style of fallen fantasy games if you will like i i didn't hate 15 like i got through it it you know once you understood it it, it was okay i had some gripes with it but i you know as you're well aware of fallen fantasy 7 remake i don't like the combat system i don't think it works as well as it did on paper uh, like in theory, that sounded great, that system. And then playing it, I'm like, ooh. And like, it, it could still be fine. I just, I didn't like the structure behind it where, you know, it's very handholdy that game. And you had to play it the way they wanted you to play with the characters they wanted you to play it. And you couldn't just have a favorite character and play that character or customize your party almost ever, I think, until the end. Um, it had to be like, oh no, if you want to use another character's ability, well, you got to use them until you fill that active bar. And I'm like, really? Why can't their bars just grow in general? Like, you could design the system around that a little bit better, but whatever. So that'd be my only personal fear I'd have against a sequel right now. It's just, I personally am at a point where I don't trust Square Enix with Final Fantasy games. We'll have to see. Maybe 16's the outliner, and it comes out, and it's fantastic, and I'm back in love with Final Fantasy again. But until I get that game in my hands, which do you remember when that got announced? And when they, when uh, I think it was Jason Schreier also wrote on Kotaku and he's like, oh, you guys, you're going to be surprised because this game's not that far away. What happened, Chris? Where's that game? Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that game since that. Uh, so, yeah, wrong again. And uh, I'm very upset. But that I said it from the start. This is Square Enix. Never expect a game to come out soon. Anytime somebody tells you to be excited for more news from Square Enix, uh, expect it to be in your retirement years. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I, for me, I don't care to go back to that world. Maybe I would be more interested in just a 10 remake. Uh, obviously not the way Final Fantasy VII was done. Just a, uh, like that game, would, I think, would look really good with like a, a good polish for sure. Um, if... 10-3 comes out and it's 100% Blitzball, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm good with just Blitzball. Make the whole story Blitzball. I'm good. There's a, That's a sports game. No microtransactions. <laughs> nope. Every year you gotta buy the new made-up <laughs> roster. <laughs> made-up roster. They just flip all the numbers. Yeah. Like, oh, Tita switched teams and uh, unless you buy the new copy, you won't get that you update. You signed a 15-game contract. <laughs> <laughs> signed a one-year contract because we're going to move them again next year. 
crazy. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine though, Blitzball with the Fallen Fantasy VII remake system? That would work. No, yeah, it's like pretty much. Blitzball. I kinda, it kind of works like that already. <laughs> it does with the jumping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. My only, I guess, another fear I just kind of thought of is like, I would hope this wouldn't happen. But what if after Fallen Fantasy VII remake, they start remaking ten? And then you'd have to wait until they remade 10-1, 2, and 3. Because you could see them doing it, Chris. Oh, my God. If there's a company I love, but also love to hate at the same time, (laughs) I can see this being a possibility. Anyway, we'll move on from Fallen Fantasy news, and we're going to get on to number five. And I call this one still waiting. Comes from comicbook.com. PlayStation boss Jim Ryan has provided an update on God of War Ragnarok and when PlayStation fans can expect the PS4 and PS5 game, because of course we have to go backwards. During a new interview, Ryan noted that both Horizon Forbidden West and Guerrilla Games, oh sorry, from Guerrilla Games, and the new God of War from Sony Monica will release in quotes in the next year or so, implying that God of War Ragnarok or whatever it winds up being officially called will release in 2022. However, the statement does seemingly leave the door open for the game to release even later than this. To this end, Ryan noted that it and all Sony games won't be rushed, as players only remember, in quotes, best games. And if more time is needed to hit this level, more time will be given to the team. More quotes, it is better to wait and have a great game than to rush and have a game that is only okay or quite good, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 said, Ryan, while speaking with TMT Post. More quotes, players only remember the best games rather than okay games. I'm reading this as it is written, so please don't blame me. If it is a best game, players may want a sequel, and they will also want to buy a sequel, but no one really cares about a game that's only okay. Of course, due to financial and product portfolio considerations, we will also give pressure to studios to deliver a certain product within an expected time. What? But in general, so we don't want to, we don't want products that are okay. We want the best. <laughs> Chris, they are robots. That's they so are robots. Bad. Why is this so bad? So, Chris, uh, what are your thoughts on God of War possibly not making twenty twenty two? I first want to state. I disagree with him uh, on the point where he set, talks about that players only remember the best games and not the okay games. I, I, I'll be uh, like, I remember most games. There's oddball like standalone games that if I beat them in like a day, uh, like that one game we were talking about, uh, something home. The, let's go oh, home. Gone home. Gone home. It's like because I did it in like a day. Obviously, I forget it. Uh, it yeah. was an okay game, but you know, there's okay games that are like massive games, like Assassin's Creed. Some of the older ones were just okay Assassin's Creed games, but I remember them, and they are still making sequels. So I don't know. I kind of disagree with him on like the best games are all that we want. Uh, but anyways, I mean, we've we've had the conversation before where it's like postponing games, make sure it's done right. That's all I care. I don't care if it's the best game in the world. Just make sure that it's functional and doesn't require 23 patches to actually get the game in a functional state. So take the time, get the story in there, make it work proper. Like, I mean, you look back on older games and it's they don't patch old games. You, you just can't do it. You can't patch like Nintendo games or anything like that. So you have to make the game proper. And they were pumping out games left and right. So, I mean, yeah, there was lesser, like, crap ones for sure. But 
I guess my point is, is just take the time, make the game right. Um, I mean, I know people are excited for both of these, um, but I mean, there's other shit to play. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I agree with you for the most part. Like, I do get what he's trying to say. I, I think Jim Ryan has a problem with putting foot in mouth syndrome, but um, in this case, I know what he's trying to say. Like, what makes Sony special is a lot of their exclusives right like let's be honest that's the greatest reason why they're ahead of xbox in terms of sales and everything else and their ips are worldwide i mean you can only really judge them on their exclusives i mean you can't really judge them on a game that's gone on every single system right so but so i get what he's saying like they do aim for excellence but like i agree with you at the same time where i'm like well there's still okay games that are great to us yeah you know, Demon Souls when it came out initially didn't set the world on fire day one. No, that still would have been a great game. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of double A games that I remember fondly. Uh, the first, uh, ooh, what was that game called? They remade it recently. The Alien one, can't remember it right now. Uh, you know, like you're a- hu- uh, destroy all humans. Yes, thank you. Uh, like that, I that's a double ass A game. And I still remember it fondly. I had fun with that yeah. back in the day. Uh, any David Cage's games, uh, Indigo Prophecy, I guarantee you there's a lot of people listening to this that don't even know what the hell that game is. Me and you do. We enjoyed the hell out of that game. That led to amazing things like Heaven, Heavenly Rain. or Wow, Heavenly Rain? <laughs> no, yeah. but it has, the, it has like unique things in the games that grab you. Like, God, they're not even close to AAA. I don't even think they're AA, some of them, really, when they were first coming out. Um, but they have unique th- stories or things that grab you. And they, I, I mean, to us, maybe they are considered best games, but to them, I don't think they're considered best games. Yeah. So, and like l- even last year, Among Us took the world on fire. And the, I don't think anyone like nominated it for game of the year. Not, uh, not when it came out. They anyway. definitely didn't, they didn't nominate it definitely for if it is a best game, it is <laughs> game of the year. <laughs> uh, uh, we're never going to let that down. Uh, but yeah, I, so I guess the other point I want to make here is uh, one I find interesting is he specifically included Horizon Forbidden West as being part of the next year or so. Do you think that's more proof that we're definitely not seeing Horizon this year? Or do you still think there's a slight chance? Because I keep saying that I think this game, even though they haven't come out yet, is probably still not going to make this year. Just, I think it's, you know, there's not a lot of time left to really reveal this game's announcement. I I don't think it's going to make it this year. With all the delays of everything and COVID's potentially wrapping up now, I I still don't think they're going to have enough done at this point to get it out. By the end, oh, no, of the and year. I agree with you. We we have like six delay in homework right now. Yeah, six delays. So I mean, you're right. Like, there's just so many delays. So many people having it. a hard time. I yeah. So I I you know maybe I'm reading into it, but like to me, if you were looking forward to Horizon this year, I'm sorry, man. Uh, but guess what? Good news. Early 2022, in the first month, we get Elden Ring. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. Get your Elden Ring. I think even God uh, of War is optimistic 2022. I would hope they could hit that. Like, you know, we haven't had the original, like the first God of War. Well, oh, it's so confusing the reboot. to talk God of War. Yes, thank you. Um, since 2018, like, I feel like you've had four years by that point, And you're not remaking a new engine. And I doubt you're adding that many mechanics. We'll see. I could be totally wrong. Um, 
But, you know, whatever. We'll see. I'm willing to wait. We got games coming. Like I said, I got Elden Ring. That's going to sustain me forever. Uh, so anyway, we're going to move on to our last news article of the day. Uh, more of an interesting one that uh, I'm curious about, Chris, because I put this as a main article because, you know, you've touched on it as well. But here we go. Final Fantasy 14 stops online sales. This one comes from Forbes, Chris. Back on July 5th, concurrent player count record on Steam of 41,200 players set in June 2019 with 47,000 players. But what hasn't really been reported is that the game has been repeatedly breaking that record a couple different times since then. Most notably, this past weekend broke the record again in consecutive days with 52,000 players and then 58,000 players. And around this time, that's when things started to buckle. At a certain point the past few days, Square Enix actually stopped selling digital codes for PlayStation and PC for Final Fantasy XIV. New players were finding it difficult to even make it through character creation without issues. Others were met with logon queues not normally seen outside of a major expansion release. Not to mention that the, the player count doesn't... That's just Steam, right? Yeah. There's, you can play this without Steam. You can play this on PS4. Yeah, standalone. You can yeah. play this on PS5 now. Uh, I'm just, you know... Uh, it's going to be higher than those numbers, obviously. But yeah, like it's crazy that a game that's been out for how many years is getting a resurgence. You know, how many expansions is now having their highest levels? What of do you all think time? it is? Because I th- I feel like the I I know Blizzard's not going to say, but I feel their numbers are also going up right now, and I don't think it's it's weird because it's it's recent, so I don't think it's COVID related. So, From what I hear, like other theories online are Asmund Gold is apparently a, a World Warcraft uh, streamer. Yeah. And he has a big following, apparently. And recently I heard that he actually jumped and he started playing Final Fantasy 14 to a lot of his fans' dismay. Uh, he pr- proceeded to play it anyway. And apparently now a lot of people love that he's playing it. And so it could be a little bit of that. You know, you touched on Blizzard. I got some points for us here. From another website that you know notes that their subscription numbers actually lowered they've lost two million players in the last quarter and blizzard games are down almost 30 percent across the board in the last three years Division. so you know you got you got a lot of free agents if you will in the mmo scape yeah so why specifically fall fantasy 14 though i have no idea is it excitement because there is uh and walker coming i think is the next expansion you know Shadowbringers had a really phenomenal review score I think yeah, it, it was did, almost yeah. nines across the board. It's a, it's uh, also I, like a very polished MMO that looks good. Like, you know what I mean? Like yes. it looks like the quality level is like up there with like current gen games or at least previous gen anyway. So I don't know. I, I feel like when you play that game, that's you're just, there's quality there. Yeah. Oh no. And every time I go back, like I'm not a diehard MMO guy, but I do like Final Fantasy 14. I've come back to finish the storylines of all the major expansions. And then I kind of bounce out. Cause then, you know, once you get to the end of those, it gets to the hardcore people that want to play hard mode. And I'm just not that kind of player like that. I'm not good. It's a me thing. It's not them. Uh, it's not me even blaming the game. I'm just, I'm not a hardcore. I, I don't get MMOs to that level. Right. Um, if you had a crew I, or something, you probably would. Like, I know but when we still, were doing dungeons, yeah. it was pretty fun. If, if I was learning off of other people and they were explaining things, you know, we're on Discord. You're right. I, I could probably catch up eventually. Yeah. 
Uh, but I've always had a hard time with, you know, the mouse and keyboard thing. And, you know, I'm trying to like click these buttons, but look where I'm standing and not get murdered. And yeah. I just find it a little overwhelming at the, that increased difficulty. Um, but, you know, it's crazy. I just the fact that they stop people from being able to buy the game because they just couldn't keep up. I just don't know if I'll ever understand what's going on. Maybe they'll have a theory and maybe they'll share it with us later. But uh, I just thought that's good on them. Like, you know, this is this is honestly, in my opinion, I think I've said this before in the thing. I feel like this is what keeps Square Enix alive, you know, through Badland, Wonder Worlds and, you know, other poor decisions like that. Uh, Marvel's Avengers. This is what always brings them back into the green, right? Yeah. Same as WoW with Blizzard. It's always funded them more than enough. So, And now that money can go towards more Call of Duties. Congratulations, Activision. So anyway, we got through all our news articles. Uh, congratulations to us. So we're just going to move on to homework. What is homework? Homework is when we just don't have enough time in the show to get to all the news that came out this week. So we give you the article names. We give you the sources. And then you can go educate yourselves. Uh, this one's a little special, though. Uh, quite a bit of them are just delay announcements because, uh, yeah, here comes the delay alley. Uh, Lost Judgment may be the last in the series due to actor image rights. It's claimed. This one comes from VGC. If you liked Judgment at all, the sequel Lost Judgment isn't that far away. But unfortunately, it sounds like the uh, the actor who they you know captured his likeness in for the game to play the main protagonist, uh, he doesn't like the PC landscape. And uh, it sounds like we kind of understand why, because there's been, you know, mods on pc where let's say cyberpunk 277 you can possibly share bed with keanu reeves uh so yeah anyway don't sleep with keanu reeves and you're not going to be able to sleep with uh, this character either uh we move on co-op spin-off rainbow sick extraction grounded until 2022 on playstation 5 ps4 that one comes from push square uh more delays ps5 ps4 extreme sports sandbox rider republic delayed till 28th of october that one's also push square Resident Evil Reverse won't launch until July after all, delayed to 2022 push square. That one even, you know, that was supposed to come out with Resident Evil 8 Village. That seems crazy to me. Yeah, that's a pretty big uh, gap. And for something that I don't think people are no. waiting for, that's the <laughs> saddest thing. It's like the resources that this is taking from them for something that was just supposed to be a freebie. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be... Just very depressing. Stop wasting your time on it, please. I'll take one more, Chris. Bethesda's PS5 exclusive Ghostwire Tokyo has been delayed into 2022. That one comes from VGC. I wasn't, you know, I that one's not for me anyway. I You can keep your neon Naruto to yourself. <laughs> yes, Chris. You're literally mimicking that game's entirety. Um, but anyway, I'll let you take the last four. Uh, mocap for the next Spider-Man game has begun. This one comes from Push Square. That's exciting because I think people are definitely looking forward to the next in the Spider-Man series. Me. <laughs> Xbox, EA, Activision, and more will be at Gamescom 2021. This one comes from VGC. That's exciting because it feels like, I don't know, with COVID maybe maybe starting to wrap up a little bit. It might get, actually get more excitement. That PlayStation's not going to be there. Yeah, well, they do. But that. it kind of makes sense because maybe this gives us a little more fuel to the fire that they're going to have a showcase in August. Yeah, come maybe. on, we, we put money. <laughs> we both bet on it Chris, with, don't with each make other. Me go higher. 
<laughs> Thousands of PS4 Pros were discovered in a warehouse raid. This article comes from Kotaku. It wasn't Kotaku Warehouse. <laughs> they, they, they're Bitcoining. Yeah, they were mining, which, yeah, I guess you could do that with those. I wonder if uh, Microsoft's going to try to sue them because they're like, Minecraft's our thing. <laughs> After a six-month absence, Cyberpunk was the best-selling digital PS4 game in June. Uh, this article comes from VGC. That's kind of a surprise to me. Well, I mean, I, it's pretty much a new must game be almost. All, these must be all masochists. They just want to be punished. Yeah, uh, dear, yeah you know, like... Uh, they, they want... I hope it's on pros. Lady Demetres to step on them, and they yeah. want to play Cyberpunk's broken-ass stuff. I hope it was on pro systems, not base consoles. And that's the thing. It, it Honestly, it could be all the new PS5s people have acquired since it's been removed six months ago. It could be, like you said, a lot of PS4 Pro tell players. Me, tell me, is it is it playable yet on consoles? Can I download this on my PS5 and play it? Do I want I to do it, it yet? I and don't get me wrong, I had more crashes in that game than any other, even Should on the I still PS5. continue to wait for the, the next-gen version? It's never coming. It's gonna come. <laughs> I guarantee you it doesn't even make this year. But hey, Witcher 4 will come out one day, and I'm sure they'll ruin that too. <laughs> okay, that's it for homework, and that means it's it for the show. Thank you very much for joining us yet again on another Monday. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for spending that currency that's your most valuable currency, which is your time. Uh, we do appreciate it so much. It humbles us, and uh, we just continue to take pride in entertaining anyone. So, again, until next week, and goodbye. Bye, guys. Beep.